Welcome back for another week of fun and frivolity on your favourite podcast, Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, and my good mate, Phil. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this evening. He is still standing in the queue at Krispy Kreme waiting to get his $12 dozen. Anyway, on with the show. Philip, how are you? Mr. Drew, I'm well, thank you. And how are you? Yeah. Given that I missed out on that wretched $12 dozen i'm i'm okay but well a little bit scarred well i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get the the offer at all i you know because of course recording on wednesday night i i didn't go and get the offer um indeed to go this evening thursday this evening and uh, get myself a dozen anyway even though i'm not going to get the offer but it doesn't matter i want a Krispy cream yeah no uh, that's fair i i I'd clean forgotten about it. I'd already been out today. A rookie error. I should have just gone and got them then. But then I reread it this evening and went, okay, jump in the car straight away. Went right over to Auburn and found myself stuck in traffic on Parramatta Road purely because all the cars in front of me were also turning into Krispy Kreme. I can't believe how... Well, I just moved my chair and almost fell off it. Um, I can't believe how... Oops overwhelmingly successful this offer has been for them like it's been like crazy as soon as yeah well as soon as i twigged on i i I was like oh traffic and then i realized it was just my lane and everyone turning in to the krispy kreme it's like ah don't blame society i don't blame society at all though and then i looked out the window and saw that the line for the drive-through was ridiculous but even Funnier than that was the line to get into the store was well and truly out the door. I find Krispy Kreme to be probably the worst drive-through because it takes them about ten years to do anything. I would agree. Yeah. Like you may yeah. as well, you know. I don't know if you remember. Like, do you ever remember waiting for a car ferry? Or car ferry. Yep. And you know, over little like rivers and stuff, you just park the car up yep. and you'd wait like about an hour and a half yep. before the bloody thing. You may as well do that in the line for Krispy Kreme. You just sit there, turn off the engine, and have a nap. Or just go in and, you know, buy a donut while you wait. Yeah, true. <laughs> I got... Uh, I got there. It took me maybe five, ten minutes to get there. And then I was in the line about ten minutes. Had got just up to the door to get inside the place, which put me just behind halfway in the queue. Mm-hmm. And that's when they came out and go, Oh, we've run out of the original glazed everyone. We've run out. We've run out. Was there a collective and- sigh? No, I, it was more, what? Really? How? There were, there were a lot of those all jumbled in the air. When they just keep making and them all, all day. And a lot of people just sort of ignoring them. And then a few minutes later, it happens again. And there was a guy standing at the front of the queue who absolutely lost it at them. And it, and it wasn't nice. Like, he was very rude to them. I, I have... Obviously, I have a real issue with that because I work in that kind of industry. But um, of course, but at the same time, are people completely thick? Like, come on, there's an offer on. It's something that's a real good deal. 
of course everyone's going to want the same bloody thing. So you you should oh, yeah. know that, you know, you're more than likely, or in fact, there's a very high chance you're not going to get the deal yourself. Just be aware of that. The fact that people are so ignorant of that yeah. drives me insane. It's like, for example, if someone's having a, if like a store's having an offer or something like that, and people wait till, and it runs for like a month, and people wait till the very last day for the offer to be there. You know, it's it's while stocks last. And they get them the yep. last day and go, can I have this, please? And the, the people go, no, we don't have it anymore. We ran out of it because it like it's the last day of a month-long offer. And people go, what? You don't have it? Like, are you stupid? Of course I don't have it. It's sold out because everyone else thinks it's a good offer too. Because everyone else thinks it's a good offer, they're going to come in and get it. It's not there just for you, waiting for you. And, oh, no one else cares about this great offer that you think is a good offer. Like, oh yeah, society is what? just stupid. Oh, they com- yeah, completely. As you're well aware, I experienced that that very same circumstance recently yep. at work, and um, co- copped a fair few um, complaints about it. But at the end of the day, if you don't read the fine print, and that and this guy, I just uh, I'm annoyed at this guy because he he was clearly upset, but he couldn't distinguish being mad at Krispy Kreme from being mad at the co-workers mm-hmm. and he he was he was a big guy uh, very tall and he's just pointing the finger at them going you didn't do that you didn't that i've been waiting here for half an hour uh this is blah, blah. and like he was he was good several meters in front of me but everyone heard him he was obviously just he really st- stressed because he he oh his yeah fatness was getting in the way of his brain he, he stormed off with his two daughters with him. And that's when I really just went, oh, like, how could you? Terrible what a father. terrible example. They're, these these girls looked like they're about 10 to 12 years old. And two girls. And he's just, I, I get that he's a father and he's stressed. But that is a terrible example to set as a parent. As, just as a member of society to youth, it is a shocking example of how you should behave. And... Uh, just I I chose to stay in the line. I got to the front. I ordered some of their Christmas donuts instead and got myself a chocolate milkshake. And the poor staff members, yep. they were... They just... Every customer that came up, you could see them tense up, just freaking out that <sighs> something was going to be said at them. And I just made it my business to be as cheerful and pleasant as possible with them because... Honestly, the last thing they need is more stress about something that's out of their hands. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one thing that people don't think about a lot of the time. You know, retail employees no. or fast food employees, like, they don't deserve the bullshit that they, they cop. Um, no, they not, don't. It's not their problem directly. Like, do they... do the people angry at them? I totally understand if you're angry, but are you directing... You're directing your anger at an individual. Like, you are incredibly unlikely to get any sort of help by you having an attitude like that. Like, I, I remember I was helping a gentleman oh, yeah. um, at work recently, and, and you know, he was complaining. Everything that I did, I just did everything normally, and he was already in a pissed-off bad mood. So I didn't go out of my way to help him at all because he's a jerk. I could have. I could have made it very easy for him, but instead I just went, nah, you can absolutely just cop this shit because, you know, you're an asshole. I don't care. Oh, yeah. No, it's entirely fair. Uh, people, 
Mm, are the worst. It's like, for example, yep. as well those those um, those you know Facebook you know articles and stuff like that, where there's uh, someone. It's like a text message, a screenshots of text message exchanges between someone buying. I think I just read one earlier on. Well, I did read one earlier on, but it went something along the lines of someone selling their truck for, or like their Ute for two thousand uh, three thousand eight hundred dollars, and someone comes back with, "Hi, I saw the ad for your truck. Look, I can offer you uh, one thousand eight hundred dollars." And then the person saying, well, no, that's way less than, you know, um, I'm willing to sell it for. Sorry. And they're like, oh, no, but you said that there's something wrong with it. So I've reduced the your cost by about, you know, by a little bit just to make it even. And the person responding, yeah, no, my price would, was dropped from $5,000 down to 3800 So I've already taken that off. But thanks anyway. No, that's the lowest I'll go. And the person coming back saying, well, what about 1950 Is that okay? And the person responding, um... That's $150. No, thanks, but no thanks. Besides, I'm still making car loan or car repayments on it. So therefore, I'm not going to be selling it for less than what the car is. And then or the less than what I've said. And the, the, the amount I'm selling it for is 3800 which is the amount that I've got left on the loan. And the person responding, wait, why not? Like, why not sell it to me? And then he's like, well, because if I sell it for you for less, you won't get the deed to or the title to the car because... I haven't paid it off yet, and I can't sell it without paying it off. And the person responding, I don't understand it. And the other person then responding, well, then go and learn basic, um, you know, banking, uh, you know, etiquette or whatever. And yeah, thanks for that. And the person responding, oh, but now my son can't get to, to college. Can you please, please just sell it for me for less, please? Come on, just keep paying, making repayments on the car. Give the bank $1,800 and then just keep making repayments on it uh, without having the car. And the person's like, you want me to give them $1,800, give you the car, and then make the payments without having the car? No, that's not happening. And then the person responded, okay, well, it's an automatic, and only pussies drive automatic, and left the um, exchange like that. How does anyone think that kind of behavior is acceptable? Well, not just that, though, but how can people be so stupid? And the problem is that this is a real concentrated kind of over-the-top example of it, but... It's really common how stupid society is and how stupid people are. People are so thick. And we find it when stress levels go up, the stupidity goes like up too. Like it's not, I know that it's, Mm. I know that we're at Christmas time and, you know, shopping is stressful and stuff like that. But that doesn't excuse you from anything. And not just that though, that's your fault if you're shopping this late. Like, I haven't done my Christmas shopping yet, and I'm, I totally know it's my fault. I have no problem with that. I'm not stressed about it. I'll get it done. But I'm not going to take it out. If I went to a shop and something that I wanted to buy someone wasn't in stock, I'm not going to go, you personally have ruined Christmas because it's out of stock. No, that's my own stupid fault. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, yeah, 100%. Um, one other example, uh, one of my old managers... Uh, who I went and hung out with and worked for in India um, earlier this year. Um, he was talk- He told me a story once about how he used to run a cinema in uh, in Northern Ireland, and uh, uh, on Christmas Day they had to run, but they double booked a session because something had like gone horribly wrong with the ticket system, where for some reason it allowed it for two sessions when there was only one session available. Anyway, our mother came up with her children and came up to him and said. You, when he had to apologize to the crowd, said, I'm so sorry, something's happened with the computer system. We're double booked. I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I, it's just, I, I can't get everyone into that cinema. This lady came up with her kids and said to him, you personally have ruined my kid's Christmas. 
Like, what the hell did he do? Per like, he what the hell did he do wrong? He had to apologize. Like, that's enough pain having to apologize for something that he didn't do wrong and a computer did. Yet, yet he personally ruined Christmas. Yeah, like societies are stupid. People can get stuffed. Mm. Look, at the end of the day, it's a limited time offer. People need to be aware of that. And you, you need to remember that going in. Really. Mm. It's, it's yeah. not a hard concept. They said today only while stocks last. Mm. Limited time offer. Really easy concept. Ah, uh, yeah, but people don't understand that. People are stupid. No, they don't. But thankfully, you and I understand that. Even if we, we miss out on, on a dozen original glazed, mm -hmm. we at least understand the importance of a limited time offer. And as such, this week we made fantastic use of another limited time food offer mm -hmm. that's a little bit longer than one day. Yep. Um, we have made the journey to that great Scottish restaurant known as McDonald's. For the McRib. Oh my God. The McRib. Drew. The McRib. Drew. Yes. How good Philip. is the McRib? Oh my God. I've been waiting and I've, I've had several since and it's amazing. I'm of two minds. I, at, at one part of me is fighting going, this should always be on the menu. Then the other part of me goes, well, of course it's not always on the menu. No one would buy anything else. Absolutely. It's the best thing on the uh, menu at Macca's. It is. And for those of you out there that intend to go get it, be sure to get the loaded fries with it. It is worth it. Now, I, I haven't had the loaded fries with it, but still, oh. I've had a great time with that McRib. I obviously removed the pickles. I'm tempted to go next time without the onions as well. Do pickle, no pickles and onions. And okay. just have the rib and the barbecue sauce. Rib, rib and bun. <laughs> oh, but barbecue sauce... That barbecue sauce is outrageous. Oh. Hence why I love it on the fries. Oh, yum, 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 yum. So McDonald's hasn't had the McRib here since 2012. So it's, it's been a bit of a wait, but the wait has been worth it. I didn't try it the last time. I've ne I'd never tried it until the other day. Mm. Within the last week. Mm -hmm. That was the first time. And I think it was the first time for you. Yeah, it was. Absolutely was. Yeah. Damn. I've I've only had it twice. I think you've had it a, a couple more uh, times. No, no, I've only had it three times, I think. Still three? Okay. Yeah. No, tomorrow three, night we, three or two or three. It's I two think or tomorrow three. night we, we may have to go for another round. Oh. <laughs> another one. Oh, oh dear. it's tempting. Oh. But yeah. It's the only moment where I kind of stop and look at it and go, eh, even for a split second, is when you bite into it and you look at the inside of the meat and you realize that it's not mm -hmm. strictly just a thing of ribs, but that they've, they've kind of shaped it to look like ribs. Mm. I'm like, ah, okay. But it okay. tastes, whatever it is, it tastes fantastic. Oh yeah, it tastes delicious. So I can overlook my split second of, eh, but that's okay. Yeah. The fries. The fries. i got to talk about the fries. Mm -hmm. Please do elaborate for me because I, you know, I've only had one. You had the whole one. Oh, it's so good. And they give you a fork with it because it needs it. Mm -hmm. So, you get the fries in the loaded fries box that McDonald's does for their other loaded fries. The fries are covered in McDonald's aioli. Then they're covered 
in McRib barbecue sauce. Mm. Then, for the final touch, caramelized onions. It is outrageous. Delicious. I had it with the aioli. Um, oh, yum. I had it with the aioli and the gravy, and that, that was pretty fantastic. I didn't eat any of the onion on it, but... Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still coming to terms with onions, okay? I'm slowly enjoying them more and more. That's alright. I'm I'm like that with mushrooms. Well Ugh. mushrooms can die in hell. Yeah, I used to be like that. Ugh. But this McRib McDonald's, thank you. Just make it a yearly thing, please. Please, 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 please. I know the please. fact that we haven't had it since two thousand twelve, but in the US it comes around every year. I think oh, the yeah. UK get it every year, but yeah, no, like, I want it every year. Yeah, I want it to have the frequency of Monopoly. Well, exactly, because I love Monopoly. I know you don't ever win just, anything. It's funny, at work I had a pool going where everyone was just giving me all of their McDonald's Monopoly things, and we still won nothing. That just shows what it's like. Mind you, we're probably all going to the same McDonald's. That's okay, though. We'll We'll win the lottery one day, you know? Well, one, can one, only one day we're going to get out of here. We're going to make it big. But again, like we we're saying, we we're saying it off air just before that uh, an interesting thing about how, you know, some people. No, oh, there's that saying that is uh, you got to make money to spend. Oh, you got to spend money to make money. And how I said that's total bullshit. You really need to have money to make money. Because yep. and like I said off air with Donald Trump, how he said that, that ridiculous quote of. You know, I started off with a small loan of a million dollars, my father. A small loan of a million dollars? I'll take a million dollars and settle with that, thanks. Like, you, you, you can't... And to spend money, you have to have the money. So you can't spend the money if you don't have the money. So you've got to have the money to make money. And again, like, if you look at it, I went, when we went to on our... We went on a Blue Mountains drive uh, on Sunday mm. night, and it was fantastically good fun. You, got, you showed me the... the um, Fantastic Three Sisters rock formation in the Blue Mountains as well, which is fantastic. You show me where you used to live, which was also yep. amazing and great to see and a great uh, piece kind of the puzzle together. Um, what we're talking about when, um, you know, if if you have a billion dollars, if you if you had a billion dollars, because I worked it out once that, uh, on some ridiculous sports bet, um, you know, uh, multi, where if you put a dollar on, you'd win a billion dollars as a return. Um, and so if you have a billion dollars, you make $40 million a year in interest alone. You, like $40 million is what I want to win. But if you had a billion dollars, you'd get that just as interest on that. Like you just make ridiculous amounts of money if you have money. And you, we started talking about it uh, just before because you mentioned how our prime minister wants to give, what was it? What was he looking to do? He gave a number of his um, staff a $30,000 Christmas bonus, um, totaling to over a million dollars that why? he gave out. Do we know why they deserved it? Did they, have they absolutely set the world on fire this year? I, I, I don't imagine that they have. Where did that money come from? Was that taxpayer money or was that uh, Liberal Party funded? I didn't get that far in the article, unfortunately, so I'm if not quite uh... sure. Because if it is taxpayer taxpayer funded, well, I'd like to go and receive some of that money myself, unless I'm, or I'll punch him in the face. At the end of the day, isn't it all taxpayer money? Yeah, valid. One form or another. 
Unless it's a direct donation uh. from someone incredibly rich. Um, like the Fox Network. But uh, look, all I can say is that um, people in politics are absolute scum of the earth and there's no one in politics that's a good person. Um, shall we, Mr. Drew? Yes, indeed. That was a great segue um, into the McRib conversation. And I guess Why, I can you. only implore people to go out and try the McRib themselves. And to learn about segues. And to learn about the, the ways of the seg. Um, what shall we say about Hold My Coke for this week? Well, it's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought it was going to happen, except for me. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure my parting words to a colleague the other night were, ah, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna see this till next year. Well, my thoughts exactly, especially <laughs> that being that the trailer for another movie had come out about three days beforehand. Yep, it was great. Mm. So the other, the other night, mm-hmm. um, I woke up in the middle of the night to find a message from you. Yes, freaking your shit because yes, dum ba dum. The Avengers trailer hit. Yes, it did. Yes, Avengers it did. Avengers 4, as it has been unofficially titled for a very long time, mm-hmm. is now officially known as Avengers Endgame. What was the one that people were thinking it was going to be? Annihilation? An- Annihilation. Isn't it funny that Sauron got that tattooed on their arm? That was the best. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Just, just wrong. <laughs> oh dear. So, the trailer. Yes. Obviously, this is carrying on from the pre- previous film. Previous film um, ended with half of the universe wiped away. Uh, yep. Turning to dust. Um, and then the after credit scene of um, uh, the Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War was. Uh, Nick Fury sending um, a page or pager request to um, Captain Marvel. Indeed. When then we started seeing the trailers for Captain Marvel, like, oh yes, Captain Marvel, oh my god, Captain Marvel's going to save the day. It seems like we may be wrong based off the trailer for um, Endgame. I'd... (sighs) What I like is that there's always a shroud of secrecy around these things because then we don't know the whole thing going in. Rem- remember how everyone thought they they had it pegged what was going to happen in Infinity War, and then no one got it right. Yeah, that's true. We got to yeah. we got to the end of the movie and we're like, what the fuck? Mm. That was what happened. Yeah, that's true. What? Like it gone? No. It's gone there. Yeah. I just remember sitting there watching watching them all disappear, going, "No, no, 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 no! This isn't what what I was prepared to watch." <laughs> I thought someone had just given us the wrong cut of the movie or something. Well, whose contracts are up after this film? Mm, you are most of them. Um, the originals are pretty much up. Um, I think Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are both up. Do you think Possibly they're both Chris going? Hemsworth? No, no, I, I, I don't know. To be honest, I think they could both have a life afterwards, and I don't. I, th- I think if you 
sacrifice Iron Man by killing off the character in whatever way I think you're cheating the audience I, I don't think it's fair to let him go I don't think you can cast Iron Man as anyone else though no you can't you can't but I don't I don't think it's fair to to remove him I, I think it's totally fair for him to step out of the Avengers and to step out of the Iron Man suit but they've worked so hard for so many years to prove that he literally cannot go a day without it yeah. So maybe they maybe they will remove him, but it's I think it cheats us of what they were preparing for him for having a life with Pepper and wanting to have kids with her and mm-hmm. all of that. That's not that's not cool. So we've had so the trailer starts with Iron Man sending almost a farewell message to Pepper. Um, yeah, he's losing oxygen and he's on his own because everyone that he was in uh, with in Infinity War has disappeared um oh, he's, he's not quite on his own he should have nebula there with him yeah but no one cares about it. nebula <laughs> no i mean you, you know what i mean like in the grand scheme of things no one really cares about nebula you say that but i reckon she'll be the one to kill thanos <laughs> well it's dumb it's her dream yeah and she's also the one with the most reason to yeah yeah very true but um so the trailer starts with that. Then we see those that have survived on Earth um, regrouping and talking and a bit emotional and, you know, what what's going to happen? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Um, and uh, We see Hawkeye. We see Hawkeye, yes, of course. Now as Ronan. Because, of course, uh, we had uh, both Hawkeye and Ant-Man absent in uh, Infinity War. Um mm. Uh, we had Hawkeye back with his family, looking, choosing to look after his family in the private life, and we had um, Ant Man on house arrest. Ant Man on house arrest, and uh, now the trailer. How does the trailer end, Drew? With Ant Man rocking up at the front gate of the Avengers compound in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And tell me, this is a spoiler alert. So if you don't want to hear the spoiler, don't listen for the next minute. Drew, what's the after credit scene at the end of um, Ant-Man and the Wasp? Ant-Man? It is Scott Lang trapped in the quantum realm while Hope and her parents are snapped out of existence. Yep. So, yeah. So clearly, he gets out of it. Again, on his own. Ant-Man gets out. Of course. So, Ant-Man, and all the memes seem to have been pointing to this idea of Ant-Man can escape the quantum realm. All these people, all these people that have disappeared, are they in the quantum realm? Where are they? Well, no one knows. They could be dead. But the theory goes that they have all slipped into a pocket universe. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. What's the connection between Ant-Man going to the quantum realm and them? Is it because Thanos has gone to the quantum realm? Well, when he snapped, um, he went to the quantum... Yeah, he went into a pocket universe himself. Mm -hmm. He didn't necessarily go to the quantum realm, but he went into a pocket universe. So what's the significance... So what's the significance of the fact that Ant-Man's gone to the quantum realm? Because the quantum realm allows for interdimensional transportation, so he may be able to find everyone. 
Right. Which will then make it very interesting as to whether or not what role um, Captain Marvel plays in this and then what role mm. everyone else plays in this and then what role um, you know Iron Man will play in this where he's off in whoop, whoop, and then what role those that have disappeared play in this. It's going to be very interesting. There's a lot of things to answer and then of course there's already lined up another um uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie after this so you know who's going to be around for that one is Gamora going to come back we don't know the thing about it only only one member of the Guardians actually made it to the very end of the movie yeah and they're not even yeah yeah uh, Rocket it's just Rocket that is it of course the rest of them got snapped out of existence so and that's think about it from a writing point of view imagine that imagine writing that being like all right so who are we going to look of our massively all-star cast who are we going to make disappear and cut out at least for a while like what an expensive decision to make I still find it interesting that the original core five Avengers all make it out and don't disappear. Mm. Cap, <sighs> Iron Man, Thor, Hawkeye, and Black Widow all made it safe. The originals. Yeah. Originals. None of the five of them got snapped out. Iron Man's really beat up, though. Five? Six. Hulk as well. Iron Man's really None. beat up. If you think about... Remember how, remember how hurt he got? Like, he got... Uh, he, okay, he got, like fixed up but he got stabbed through the stomach by his own you know bits of gear and now he's like oh yeah he's losing oxygen he's full and he's terrified on his own like he's falling apart he had spider-man disappear in his hands the part that i yeah that yeah, that, that is heartbreaking mm-hmm. that moment i hate watching that scene oh, it's so um, sad it's like a father figure and he's disappearing from his father's hands I know, and he just falls on him going, I don't feel so good. No. Oh. But the part I can't get over is the fact that Thanos has heard of him. Uh, heard of Iron Man, Iron Man or... Heard Iron of Man. Tony. Tony. The, that he goes, Tony Stark. And and Tony goes, you know me? And, and he's like, yeah, I've heard of you. The fact that across the galaxy... Thanos has heard of Tony Stark. Yeah, I and I wonder how. Like, what's the connection? What is that connection? I don't know, but it, that was one of the most interesting moments that I found in that film. Do you reckon we'll ever explore oh. that connection? Possibly. I think there's still a lot to go. The fact that we've still got Captain Marvel to piece together a few more bits in the puzzle. Perks of it being a prequel. Mm-hmm. We've got a Black Widow movie that's going into development. Yes, good. Finally. Mm, long overdue. Yeah, why didn't they do that way earlier on? Like, why did we just suddenly get... I know that, that um, Black Widow did appear in Iron Man 2? 3? Yeah, yeah, 2. Yeah, why, why? I know that that happened, but, like, there was no... It was like a right, the right time for a backstory was then. Yeah... Yeah. But at least there is now going to be one. Um, I don't mind where, where that one falls in the timeline because I I like her introduction 
in Iron Man too, and I think that's quite a good way to bring her into. The, no, I agree. That was, that was really good. The but then, but then, what does? Well, then that means that that contract's not up. Well, either that, or they've extended her for one. Yeah, how they many? They can just go one by one. How many more is there for Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is this the last one, or is there one more Spider-Man? There's one more Spider-Man movie, right? He signed a ridiculous deal, but it only gave him two Spider-Man films, not three. But the it's... nature of his deal allowed for two Avengers movies, um, Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, he signed a five-picture deal. They should almost extend it because he seems perfect for the role. Like, for this Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man seems perfect for the role. They may well do. You never know. But they also might may just, just make him go away after this. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to retire. Remember, they've been going... They they cut extra deals for Robert Downey Jr. for Civil War. Really? Was he, that was, was he not ever going to be in that? Well just to get him into a Captain America film yeah that was outside of the deal that wasn't strictly part of it and he's appeared in more of them than anyone he's in Iron Man 1, 2, 3 Avengers 1, 2, 3 Cap 3 Incredible Hulk Spider-Man Homecoming he's in nine films I I I think Robert Downey Jr. does an amazing role at not just playing Iron Man and not just playing Tony Stark, but to create this almost, um, what was the one looking for? Like, he's just this constant. It's this nice constant that's always there, always sets the tone. Always... Yeah, he's the anchor. Yeah, that, exactly. Oh, I couldn't even think of the bloody word anchor. Yeah, he really is. And he does a great, great job of that, I think. Even Stan Lee said that when he wrote Iron Man back in the day, Mm -hmm. when he first wrote the character, what he pictured is what Robert Downey Jr. is to the character. That when, when Robert came along, that was it. He was the complete embodiment of how he pictured the character when he wrote him at the beginning. Nice. That's fantastic. That's great. What, what words from Stan Lee? Yeah. That, that was just perfect casting there fantastic good mm. things it all just kind of came together Robert Downey got himself all good and well, Junior got himself all good and uh, was good to go for this role perfect um, wonderful mm. but well they yeah 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 no no ah um, just Marvel Cinematic Universe topic but it was announced today that the director of Doctor Strange Scott Derrickson has actually signed on today with Marvel to do the sequel Okay, that's cool. That's good. So we are getting another Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is probably, besides the Hulk, my least favourite character. Interesting. And I don't mean that as in... I mean, I think Mark Ruffalo does a great job. I really enjoy Mark Ruffalo's involvement in ensemble movies. Again, Thor Ragnarok or in the Hulk, in um, I, um, yep. uh, Avengers movies. But I thought that the two most boring movies besides the first two Thor movies were the two Incredible Hulk movies. The whole... Yeah, the, I've never seen the Eric Banner one, but it doesn't count. It's uh, not part of the MCU. No. Oh, wait, hang on. There, there's only been one Hulk movie. Yeah, there's one. But that was yeah, crap. I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan. 
Um, that and the two, the first two Thor movies, Red I think. Boring. Just, Absolute yeah. garbage. Just so I, uninteresting. I quite like Doctor Strange, but I 100% agree with this article I read today that it is the most MCU formulaic movie that exists. Like, out of every MCU film, it follows mm-hmm. their little formula to the letter without deviating. And it actually takes away from the psychedelic stuff. It takes away from the fact that they cast the brilliant Mads Mikkelsen to play the villain and mm-hmm. he's just wasted there. Yeah, that's true. Completely wasted it, in the role. It's such a... Um, it's such an almost spiritual kind of feeling uh, movie, but at the same time... No, no, sorry. It feels like it should be very spiritual and interesting like that, but it's just boring because it's just like, I don't care about any of this. This is just... Like, for what sort of movie this should be, this is really dull and wordy and, like, I don't care and blah, blah, blah. The only interesting part of the entire Doctor Strange movie, I think, was when he went back in time, like, a million times. Dormammu, I'm here to bargain. I think that was the best part of the movie, and besides that, does nothing good about it. I, I really didn't find it interesting at all. Maybe the car crash scene at the start was cool, but that's about it. Um, not a very interesting There's- movie. And... and Benedict plays it amazingly well, but I mm. don't care about him. And he's such an yeah. arrogant jerk in Avengers. Even it's just like Ugh, I don't care about this guy. He's too. He's too similar to Tony Stark. That, that's part of the problem. Too similar to Tony Stark, but in a different way. In a more yeah, Tony Stark's like that. That sort of arrogance, but he's so clever. He's likable. He's so, yeah. He and he's also so clever, and he's just a, he's a, he's a genius and and we know that he's a genius and i know that dr strange is different sort of genius but you know uh, tony stark sits there on his own he gets off into his own world and he'll sit in his lab and he'll just come up with something fantastic that's better and that can better everything for everyone and is a good mm-hmm. idea whereas dr strange is just an arrogant jerk who has lucked into this this stone and that's it He's not actually... Yeah, I find... He's just an arrogant yeah. jerk without reason. Oh, yeah, he's, he's an absolute prick, but he, he learns to be better by the end. I, I guess that's kind of the point of the movie. But... Uh, Wait, hang on. What's the movie called again? Likeable. What's What's Avengers 4 called? Endgame. Of course it should be called Endgame. That's what... That's literally what... Doctor Strange he says, said. "We're yep. in the end game yeah, he now." Tells Tony, "Yep, yep." And that I thought was cool. I thought that was some of the most interesting and most like absolutely cut through dialogue in any of these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, where normally they have some awesome like little snazzy line, and then they just have an answer for the situation, like, "Oh no, what are we going to do?" Ha <laughs> ha. Well, I'm going to do this. But no, they had no answer. At that point, they had mm. nothing. And Doctor Strange said, we're in the endgame. Like, yeah, this is it. What I love, like, they, they spent so many years on these films trying to be so clever and be so wordy. And it was all about what they say and, and how they say it. And then Infinity War came along and it was about what they didn't say. Mm. Yeah, it's it just was... completely about this resignation to the fact that 
the stuff. They may be they may be Earth's mightiest heroes, but they're not enough to defeat this. Yeah, it was fantastically well done. There's a um, real feeling of loss, and perhaps that's why everyone's everyone is super excited for this trailer. But this trailer depicts a movie that looks equally down and and beaten the same way the end of the last film was. Mm. Except then at the very very end of the trailer, we get the pick up the the comic relief yeah, that we, we expected. We get that pick up that like oh the, there's there's a there's hope. The comic yeah, the relief in, of hope. Yeah, the comic relief in this of having Paul Rudd rock up is the glimmer of hope. Hmm. It's to spark you just at the end of it, just at the end of it, just when you're like, wow, like, this is going to be real, like a real slog. But no, there's a little bit of hope there, whatever it may be. I'm I'm very interested and we're not going to have to wait too long. It'll be here in just over four months. I can't believe that. Like, so soon. I know. And in between, we've still got Captain Marvel. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, I've still got to watch Ant-Man vs. the Wasp. Well, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes, yes you do. Um, I don't know Ant-Man why can... and the Wasp ranks very highly in my um, ranking of the MCU films. Well, I really enjoyed Ant-Man. I thought Ant-Man was great. Yeah, I think this one's a lot better. <laughs> I, okay, no worries. You'll, you'll, un- you'll understand when you get to it. It's just, there is something about it that there is charm, there is the stakes are a lot higher and for the first time we have a female hero in the title of the film yeah well besides no that's true because um captain marvel's not out yet so of course it absolutely is correct um yeah i i'm we had this discussion again same same time we were in the on our way in the blue mountains of the fact that marvel does have this formula they stick to and 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 it was almost like i can't remember what the exact conversation was it was along the lines of you know how uh is it a bad thing that they have this and not not at all i don't think it's a bad thing and we all i think we're comparing transformers to um uh, marvel where where yep you know it feels like um transformers does a similar sort of thing i don't think it's the same at all and also i think it's a totally good thing that that the marvel movies have this formula because the the comic book film and i don't agree with graphic novel i mean they're comic book films which means that these comic books which also have the same sort of formula it's the modern day version of that it's a formula but it's a formula that works and why it's got that pulpy feel to it yeah and like look there's there's horror movies there's drama movies there's romantic comedies there's romantic movies there's thrillers there's action like there's sci-fi why can't we have comic book movies which are their own genre which are yep which are we know what we're, we're in for like i have no problem with a movie even if it feels slightly cheap in the the story of it, if it's entertaining, mm. but you know what you're getting, which is the same sort of thing. Like, it, you know what you're getting. You're getting a lighthearted movie that has maybe a heavy moment or, like, here or, t- here or there, um, kind of scattered throughout. But humor and it's action and it's interesting and it's cool 
and it's you know great animation and blah 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 like that's fine we know what we're getting no, it's, yeah. It, yeah it's a great formula and stick with it and there's no problem with it existing it's fine that it exists I couldn't agree more, and you're absolutely right. These are comic book films, and and I wouldn't call them graphic novel films either. If you want to watch a graphic novel film, go watch Watchmen. That Mm -hmm. is a graphic novel as a film. These are comic books, and the thing about comic books is that they are serialized. That's why sequels are not only acceptable, but are encouraged, because they are the next chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. If it's a graphic novel thing like Watchmen, it is a one-off because it was a book. Yeah. It was a book written in the style of a comic. And that's what, uh, let's say, some of the DC films have done, right? Yeah, they feel they've a lot done, like that. They've done, they've done graphic novel adaptations rather than comic book adaptations, which is perfectly acceptable. Different thing, though. That's why it's very hard to compare Marvel and DC. They make different styles because they're adapting different books. And it and, and Marvel does this great thing of it makes you feel like almost like you're in a a a like a like a, a theater or a stadium or something and you're watching with a crowd of people this um, ensemble take place and unfold in front of you and it's kind of like, uh oh, what's gonna happen next? Like, oh yeah, like, exactly. you know, like, like the wrestling thing, like that whole I hate wrestling, but it it, it's the same sort of thing of, um, oh, they're fighting an oh, look who's coming out from behind the curtain. It's, you know, it's old mate over there. Here they come. Like, it's yep. the same sort of thing of, oh, look, oh, they brought out, like, oh, they brought out Tony Stark in this movie. Oh, my God. Like, wow, there he is. And, yeah, bring out the big guns. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, you just get caught up in, in the fun of it and the excitement of it and the adventure of it. And they are... They are not lazy writing, but they they're very formulaic and they are very you they're consistent. You know what you're gonna get, you know exactly what's gonna happen, but it doesn't matter. You know they're gonna survive because you gotta wait for the next film. Well, okay, let's see what situation they get into there and who they're in the film with. Like it's interesting. It's telling a grand story and like you said, it is chapter based. It's this is one part, and here's the next part, and here's the next part, and oh, we got a sneak peek of another chapter coming in like three films time at the end of this one. Like it's just it's interesting that they do it. They're they're painting this giant picture by releasing bits at a time, and it's kind of releasing this fantastic thing. So yeah, I I, I have no problem with this formula idea. Yeah, and I. <sighs> I think it's really ignorant of any of us to call the writing of these mm-hmm. films lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's only just sort of occurring to me why. Because laziness would mean not putting in the Easter eggs and not putting in the other characters or prepping it for the next movie. I, I know that I know that so many people feel like each Marvel movie is a trailer for the next one. Ad infinitum. I, I totally get that. But they're not appreciating the, the journey that they're on with each one or the effort that is going into it. They're writing a story with set pieces that are there to service the story. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I've actually seen a single Marvel movie where there are excessive explosions and, and things happening with no regard for the story i think they all happen in service of the story 
Yeah. I'm like, not- even, even The Incredible Hulk, like, as awful a movie as it is, everything that occurs in there is actually very intentional to plot. Yeah, it, it's... Absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, you know, I know that it's set in the same universe, but even looking at it from the point of view of after Age of Ultron, when New York got absolutely just destroyed, and you see in um, uh, Civil War... Civil War was bef- was after? Was it Civil War is after Ultron. Yeah. So at the end of... Uh, you know, in Civil War, there's still a lot of kind of... Um, uh, a lot of tension after what happened and the amount of destruction that's been caused, and then the events that happen at the start of civil war then absolutely just compound and go okay no enough stop the avengers stop 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 um that and then also if you look at spider-man then again you go back to the same point in time of just after ultron and there's shit everywhere in new york and new york's a mess and then you get people in to start cleaning up after the mess and then they get fired and then that's what happens and that's where um uh, michael keaton comes into it like there's all these things that link together and I know that that's intentional. I know that's the point of it. It's the same universe, but it's, it's fascinating all the Easter eggs and it's fascinating to then see something that you've seen happen previously. Like, you know, an entire, you know, um, phase ago, a completely different phase and you're still getting a link to, to different stories and different ideas and things are branching off. And it's just nice when things are, Oh, that happened at the exact point that we were doing something else two years ago this story was taking place like it's just interesting to see this again this big picture so it it is and as you say it's not lazy writing because they are doing things and intertwining stories and making things overlap that you don't realize are happening till you go and go oh of course like the the big picture image that these guys have had to have had Mm. from the start and then work out exactly how things are going to unfold and how do they keep, you know, like they make it, there's like 13 different crossovers in a movie at any one time. And it's just like, how do you keep track of it to make it all relevant? The, the way I think of it, and, and I think this is what they are trying to convey, uh, especially Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, I think this was his goal for all of this is that the MCU is, is all well and good, but this is one this is one big story told as one strain and it won't always be these actors playing the roles because this is one version. Mm. Did you read many comics growing up? No, none. In fact. Okay. Well, I, I know you understand that, that yeah. there were different names to the strands. So, you know, there was ultimate X-Men or uncanny X-Men or yeah. the amazing Spider-Man, spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. There were different strains of all of them. There's uncanny Avengers. There's and then even sometimes the- I, I know because of the guys yeah. from Impractical Jokers and the What Say You podcast that yeah. the, the comic books would even come out you know, one would come out and be Amazing Spider-Man, one would come out and be a different sort of... Like, they could come out, you know, in different sequences and tell completely different stories, but because they're from completely different stories, they're not the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all one story. So while we are... We're also vested and attached to it all, this is not the end of it all. 
this is just one particular story. That's why we don't necessarily need the X-Men in there. We don't need the Fantastic Four in there. We don't need everyone to live or die. It is what it is. And Mm -hmm. that's going to come down to the writers and the filmmakers and how they choose to wrap up this particular Marvel Cinematic Universe. But that's never to say that this will be the one and only Marvel Cinematic Universe. There will be different ones. And they will have different actors embodying these roles. There is still so much to go. And we, we think that this is the end game. And it may well be for this particular branch of the story. But then it will live on. Yeah. And they may even start their fresh one while this one's still running. We may move into phase four and they may bring out new actors playing these characters in different formats. They may even... Um, they may even recast them and do television series on Disney's streaming service. Yep. We don't know. It could go any which way. I think it is fantastic, though, the fact that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been going for 10 years now, and it's been three films every year. Is that correct? Three films every year? It started off at one a year for a while, then then it jumped to two a year, and now it's hit three a year. The fact that they can do that, the fact that they can happily pump out that kind of level and what took that first leap to make iron man what was that leap to make such an a good that's still probably i think it might be my favorite film still in the marvel cinematic universe is iron man one do you know it was an all or nothing gamble really Marvel was going like marvel was going into um voluntary administration they had no money left and they, they made poured, that. They poured everything they had into making the deal with Paramount. They sold up everything just to get the deal with Paramount, selling them the rights to the characters to make movies. And then it was this ridiculous success. And it was Marvel functioning as their own production company with a studio partnership. They poured everything into it and, and it saved the company from bankruptcy. Because it really did, though. Like, Marvel... That film, Iron Man 1, is so good still. Like, it's such clever writing. It's such interesting character. Like, it's just... It's really, really well done. I know. It's... I love going back and watching it. Yeah, it's again, it's I still love it. Like, starting off with Tony Stark in that Humvee and him just being... So just charismatic and just so, like, just Tony Stark. Like, straight away, such a great movie. Do you know we've had 20 20 MCU films? I was just counting them up on the shelf. Ant-Man and the Wasp is number 20. 20 films in 10 years. It's pretty remarkable. It's outstanding. The fact mm. that the James Bond films have, what, 24 films in 50-something years? The fact that there are 20 films and they make such a huge amount of money from each one. Mm. Like, I would the I think the... What would the least amount be? Would it be, like, $500 million? I think The Incredible Hulk's made the least. Oh, this because it was crap. Um, I can actually check that. Those figures are available. They're public, uh, public knowledge. Yep. 
I'll have the numbers in just a second. What are we talking? The gross worldwide? Yeah. yeah. Uh, reception. We need to make a film that can make just at least $500 million and just take 10%. 10% will do. 10% each will do. We could live with that. Yeah, I could retire off that. I wouldn't, but I could. $50 million. That's 10%, isn't it? Hey, Siri. All right. Box office grosses. What's 10% of $50 million? $500 million. No, no, no. Stop. Stop. $500 million. Oh, stop. Oh, I just broke her. Go continue. Um... Yep, so lowest grossing is The Incredible Hulk mm-hmm. at $263.4 million Oh, Jesus. Worldwide. The original Iron Man made five eighty-five. Yeah, see, and people were like, uh, is it going to be good? Uh, yep, it was good. And they came out, they came out about a month apart. Really? Yeah, Incredible Hulk came out a month after Iron Man. Then two years later, Iron Man 2 came out. And that grossed 623.9. There you go. Yeah. Then a year after that, Thor came out, made 449.3. Then two months later, Captain America came out and made 370.5. Which is very low. That's yeah, nothing. Very, very low. Especially compared, especially compared to Thor, which is terrible. Oh, but just wait, it gets better. So Cap made 370.5. We then jumped to the Avengers, which came out just shy of a year later. One billion five hundred and eighteen point eight million. Where did the jump come from? How could it go from Captain America making three hundred yep. and whatever to making a billion dollars? Because they took five years to do the team up. Or four four years to do the team up. Then, a year after that, so that was May 4th, 2012, May 3, 2013, Iron Man 3 is the next one. 1.2 billion. For just an Iron Man movie? Yep. Thor The Dark World, 644.5. Yeah. Jeez. That's a lot of silly people. Um, Winter Soldier, 714 million. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, 773 million. Yes. Which is just brilliant. Age of Ultron, 1.4 billion. Jesus. Yes. Ant-Man, 519 million. Mm-hmm. Captain America Civil War, 1.15 billion. Yeah. Doctor Strange, 677.7 million. Silly people, yep. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 863.7 million. Yep. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming, 880 million. Nice. Thor Ragnarok, 853.9. You know, interesting how the two Thor movies did so poorly that suddenly everyone knew there was a change coming. Where do, where do you think Black Panther's going to sit? Oh, I'm probably pretty high. 1.3 billion. Why? Because it appealed to a demographic that felt they were not represented on film, so they all flocked to see it. But it's crap. 
<laughs> it is crap, and I'm, that's not me being like, oh, well, it must be because it's got a black fella playing the movie. No, not at all. No. Not at all. No. It's a shit movie. Like, it's... I feel awful that they absolutely wasted that character on such a crap movie that had absolutely no reason to exist. Like, what a shame that they wasted such a shit movie. I have a love-hate relationship with that film. I don't know quite where I sit with it yet. I love to hate it. Then, then we go to the Infinity War, which broke two billion. Oh my god! Yeah, it yeah, it broke two billion. And then Ant Man and the Wasp at six hundred and twenty-two point six million. It's impressive, impressive amounts of money. I'm just flicking through the Rotten Tomatoes rankings. Black Panther is the highest ranked on Rotten nah, Tomatoes. Um, the well, then I don't respect R- Rotten Tomatoes anymore. I officially do not respect <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes at all anymore. At all. At all. They pop it They pop it at 97%. I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes anymore. Compared to Iron Man's 93%. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes is completely not credible anymore. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The... Um, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. So, Marvel, in being connected to Paramount, did they have to sell anything to Paramount, or did they just have Paramount release it for them? Um, so, the negotiation... Basically, Marvel Studios got bought out by Disney, mm-hmm. right? If you remember, they bought them Wasn't out that, in... But that was long after the Iron Man films and stuff like that had been made. Uh, so Marvel, Marvel, Marvel retained certain rights within this because they were establishing themselves as a production company. They produced Iron Man. They, they produced the film themselves and Paramount released it as the distributor Mm -hmm. and they helped fund it. Um, then Incredible Hulk was universal, even though, even though Robert Downey Jr. appears in it. And then they've, they've taken William Hurt from there and used him in the last few movies. They used him in Civil War and... Um, Did they? Even... Yeah, and Infinity War. Yeah. I can't remember that. Yeah, okay. As, Gen- as General Ross. They, they took him out of Incredible Hulk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, then Iron Man 2 and... Yeah. Iron Man 2 was Paramount. Thor, so between Iron Man 2 and Thor, Disney bought Marvel. Okay, that's when that kind of happened. Yeah. Right. Um, so when you're watching Thor, even though it's got the Paramount logo at the top, Marvel is now owned by Disney, so it's a co-production with them. And it even, in the credits, the album, I remember very distinctly, it went album on Walt Disney Records. Hmm. Also, what... Yeah. Also, when I saw Thor, I went to the world premiere and I won the tickets through Disney's Facebook page. Well, lucky you. I know, right? Mm. I know. Got to meet that sweetheart, Chris Hemsworth. Drew. Philip. Who's our sick end of the week? Because we are an hour into this thing. I know. We just know. time flies um, when you're having fun. Sorry, everyone, that we just got so caught up in that, but that was... I, I enjoyed That's it. okay. We do this. Yeah, this, this is the this show. Hours. This is ours. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. 
No, yeah, I wasn't going to think. I was just thinking out loud, yes. Okay, well, while you keep thinking, I'm going to finish the explanation of the transition. So, the deal went that um, Paramount would see out their part of the contract and then Marvel would, or Disney would decide what they did from there. So, they saw it out with um, uh, Captain America, but then Avengers, basically, Paramount did nothing but got to keep their logo on it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think the same applied for, yeah, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is the last one to bear the Paramount logo. And again, they did nothing. Like, like it was a Walt Disney Studios production through Marvel Studios. And now, ever since then, it's just been Marvel. But somehow Marvel's rights allow that Disney can actually sell Hulk and the Paramount films in their box sets. Yeah. And actually, I had a look at the box sets yeah. the other day in the shop. And of course, under Incredible Hulk, the Universal logo is there. And under the other ones, it's got the Paramount logo. Mm. But overall, it's released by Disney. But they're licensed to release those films within it. Which is interesting. Mm. It's almost the same idea, but not the same friendliness. Like with uh, Disney and which was the Star Wars films. Um and a new hope, you know, it's that same sort of idea, except again, not yeah, as well, friendly, not as friendly. Well, Disney won't have any issue now. They've bought out Fox. So no, exactly. The real, the, the real question is, will Disney actually keep Star Wars or will they return it to Fox? Mm, I think, oh, I think they'll question. just shift. Well, they've, they've tried to establish Lucasfilm as its own studio. So I reckon they'll just shift it all out of Fox and into Lucasfilm. Sure. Um, it. Yeah. Anyway, that that's us rambling. Mm. If, of course, you would like to ramble with us, and we love it when you guys come here and ramble with us. We mm-hmm. do enjoy it a lot. Absolutely. Uh, be sure to drop us a line. Uh, probably the easiest ways are the Facebook page or seeing one of us in person or just messaging us. Um, if you can't find us, then that's that's not our problem um (laughs) no come and find us on the kent and the steering team page on facebook on instagram on soundcloud however you're listening to us really um of course if you are our guest and you are a first time guest or possibly more depending on circumstances you may of course become our sick kent of the week a wonderfully prestigious prize that means absolutely fuck all in the real world. But, yep. you know, that's that's what we aim for. Um, as for this week's one, uh, you don't have any one, do you? Yeah, okay, no. so I, I do. I would actually like it to go to the wonderful, wonderful staff of Krispy Kreme Auburn for their outstanding work this evening and for having to put up with things that are just not even remotely part of their job. Yay, nay. Yeah, I'm I'm in for that. Absolutely. Sure. It's more a representation of um, retail hospitality workers everywhere, but you know. Yeah, these are the, these guys are the example of retail hospitality. I watched them go through it tonight and they were all so lovely about it, but they were all so shaken. Well, they're shook. They did not 
yeah, they, they're, they're very shooketh. They did not deserve any of the abuse that they copped, but they did not bite back. They acquitted themselves in an outstanding manner, and I was very, very pleased to be a customer there this evening. Fantastic, and I'm, I am I love that. Um, I'm in for that. And, uh, okay, then you guys are... Christmas Cream Auburn stuff, you are this week's Sikents of the week. Um, Drusephine, thank you very much for your time. Anytime, Mr. Philip. Oh, thank you very much, Lee. Um, love doing this podcast as we hear DJ Quads coming in with the Christmas music again. That's right, because we're getting close to Christmas. Um, we are indeed. Indeed, Tune yeah. in next week as we discuss the fact that I have been binging through all the Christmas programs. Yes, we didn't get to time get time to talk about that this week, but yes, we'll talk about no. that next week because next week I think is the last episode before Christmas. True, I think Woo! it is. Um. Anyway. Yep. Christmas, Christmas